Hello, and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist feminist podcast that is wishing you ease and joy in your every day. Today we have Adelaide, Zoe, and Ozzy. And today we are picking up where we left off when we did our Brain Hacks episode a little while back. Um, That was episode 219. Highly recommend it. The reason I wanted to revisit this idea is because a lot of people in my life are really going through it right now, you know, capital T, capital I. Um... And sometimes when we're in the midst of great change or in the midst of something big or very challenging, it's hard to focus on what we need to to take care of ourselves and heal. And before we begin, I want to take a moment to talk about what I mean when I'm talking about healing. Obviously, we have talked about this elsewhere, but I want to make it clear that when we're talking about healing, it's not about fixing or pathologizing what's going on. Of course, sometimes having a diagnosis is really, really helpful, obviously. Um, I have experienced many times when the relief of knowing what was going on helped me take care of myself better. But what I feel like we're tapping into today and when it comes to like whole self-healing It's about tuning in. So tuning in to your greatest desires, wishes, and dreams for yourself. Tuning into the feelings that you're having and interrogating why you might be having them. To try to understand anything that may be holding you back from achieving your highest potential and highest good. Every single time we have an experience that really ruffles our feathers, that's often a sign of some piece of our shadow that needs to be addressed. Um, So what I mean by that, like our shadow selves um, and the shadows we need to work on are elements often of our childhoods, but also other areas of our lives that either inflicted trauma or instilled some type of false narrative or belief pattern in your brain. Again, these shadows are not your fault, and we all have them. And until we go through to understand what our shadows are, we may be struggling with certain patterns of behavior. For example, for a long time, I didn't pursue music in the rigorous way that I really needed to because of the self-limiting belief that was put on me and many creative children that it wasn't realistic or whatever the hell or that I wasn't good enough or whatever but at the end of the day music is in my soul and I've needed to make the shift to focus on creative things for my whole life. If you've heard about anything related to healing your inner child, this is basically doing this shadow work. So intentionally looking for all the things that made you shy away from your true essence, particularly as a child, um, and naming them so that you can realize it actually had nothing to do with you. This will help you live a freer and more authentic life. 
And to be clear, I'm straight up talking about narcissists and other people in the world causing stupid havoc. And if you happen to be in the crossfire of someone like that who is on one, the inner child and shadow work healing will help you not internalize what that person is saying. So when I say if something ruffles your feathers, I mean it gets under your skin. It takes you out of your full state of power. And narcissists and people who are so deeply unable or unwilling to heal themselves will always exist. And their behavior will always be suspect. But there are ways for us to not be affected or as affected, at least, with these practices. Yeah, I feel like this may this may be a basic thing to say, but like just the idea of like you can change your own behavior, you can't change other people's behavior. And I think like one of the things we want to talk about today is things that like are within your control that you can change within your environment. Um, yeah, to help sort of address like any challenges you may be dealing with, because whatever nonsense is coming up from like people in your day-to-day life, um, sometimes we can't control that. So I think that's a great point. Yeah. um, Some wisdom from my therapist. She always like when I'm upset about like ways people have treated me and stuff, she's always like, that's a reflection of that person and not a reflection of you. And I now say this in my life to people all the time because it's like one of those like trademarks of my therapist in my mind um yeah it usually has nothing to do with you or your behavior or like anything that you've done or what you deserve it has to do with the other person um you know not doing the work that they need to do on themselves and so i think it's really helpful to Remember, because it's easy to take things personally, but it's honestly usually actually not about you at all. Totally. And I also think it's really beautiful when you're in experiences. I actually know there's been experiences between Zoe and I, for example, where like one of us will feel ruffled about something with the other person and then we'll have a conversation and be like, actually, that okay, that was this thing that was going on with me. And so it also allows you to have more healing moments with people who are ready to acknowledge their own elements and pieces like that as well. Yeah, for sure. Also, just to brag, um, (laughs) no, one time, just kind of going off what I was just saying, I, I said to my therapist, I was like, okay, but at what point if like, these same kinds of situations keep happening to me, should I consider that I'm the problem? And she was just like, no, like, you're simply not. (laughs) And I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So so my therapist said I'm not the problem. Yeah, exactly. It goes back. But I considered that I could be, which is why. Which is the important thing. (laughs) Literally. Literally. So I'm going to do something a little different um, for our Season of the Bee listeners. Um, I know some of you may feel a little averse to this, but I think you should question maybe why you feel that way. Um, And just kind of let this experience happen. Um, But I'm going to start us with a brief grounding exercise. And that's because... 
I think one of the ways our unconscious protective selves have taken over is through disassociating. At one point, you probably experienced something really, really messed up and disassociating got you through that experience. However, that is no longer serving you and that's no longer the best way to move through your life. But if we don't actively train our brain how not to do that, how not to be in that state of panic, basically, um, it may still be on autopilot and you may find yourself completely zoned out or not paying attention to the things that are actually going on within and around you. Yeah, I also just want to add... off of what Adelaide was saying, like if you're feeling adverse to this, that doing mindfulness is like a quote, scientifically backed like therapy treatment. I facilitated a group on um, mindfulness specifically for um, harm reduction and substance use. So as we've said on the podcast before, like Western science is not the end all be all. These practices are much older than that, but there is, you know, a lot of backing both in like a Western scientific sense and prior to that um, about, you know, the benefits of these sorts of exercises. Exactly. Hell yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite ways to reconnect with myself if I'm having a moment where I feel off is to go through a five senses grounding activity. I know some of you may be driving. I know some of you may be at work. So try to do this in whatever way you're able whenever you're listening to this. I know, again, like you're like, this leftist feminist podcast is having a guided like exercise in it. Well, you know, just give it a shot. You never know what benefits you may receive. Okay, so first... Start by noticing your breath. Are you breathing shallow? Are you breathing deep? Is your breath catching in any type of way? There's no need to change anything. Just notice how the air feels as it enters your nose and travels all the way down to the base of your lungs, sending gooey and nourishing oxygen throughout the body. Take a minute and place a hand on your heart. Feel loving and protective golden energy flowing from your hand into your heart. And remember that you are so loved and so safe here in this present moment. We'll start with a sense of touch. I want you to notice how your body is supported by whatever you're sitting on. Whether you're on the ground, couch, or chair, in your car, just notice how your body makes contact with whatever is supporting you right now. Next, bring your awareness to your feet. How are your feet making contact with the ground? If you're wearing shoes or socks, just notice your feet inside the shoes or socks. Maybe wiggle your toes, bring your awareness to the subtleties of how the shoes and socks feel on your feet. Now I want you to bring your awareness to your clothing. 
Just become aware of how your clothing is resting on your body. You may even take your hand and rub it across your shirt or pants just to notice the texture of your clothing. When you breathe, notice the ways your clothes may shift slightly with that subtle movement. Next, we'll bring our awareness to the sense of sound. So just begin to notice any sounds that you hear that are in the distance. So possibly outside the building or space you're in. And you may not notice any, and that's fine. But either way, see if you can bring your awareness to the furthest reaches that sound can travel to you. And now I'd like you to bring your awareness to the sounds inside or closest to you. Any appliances running, people chatting, anything that is sending sound waves in your direction. And also take a moment to notice where there is the absence of sound in your space. Next, I'd like you to bring your awareness to your sense of smell. Now, with this one, you might notice the subtle scent of something, or you may notice the absence of any scent. And either way, just notice and be aware of what is happening with your sense of smell. Next, let's bring our awareness to the sense of taste. And similar to smell, it might be that you notice a sense of taste or it might be that you notice the absence of a taste. And either way, it's totally fine. Just bring your awareness there. And while we're here watching and noticing the sense of taste, one thing you can do is intentionally bring water to your mouth because that sends a signal to your nervous system that you're in the rest and digest mode. It activates your parasympathetic nervous system. Water helps ground the physical body. And lastly, we'll tune into the sense of sight. And what I'd like you to do is look around the space that you're in, and I'd like you to identify five colors that are either neutral or some way pleasing to you. So that's five different colors. Next, I'd like you to identify three different surfaces that have different textures. You might notice the flat and smooth wall, a blanket that's kind of ruffled up, or the flat, smooth surface of a glass of water. Just notice the different textures. And finally, with a sense, with this sense of sight, I'd like you to notice three different shapes. Just look around your space and notice some different shapes that you see. Finally, bring your attention back to your breath. Feel the air entering and exiting your body. Feel your chest and belly gently expanding and contracting with each inhale and exhale. And to close out this grounding exercise, I'd like you to think to yourself 
repeat out loud or just receive the following affirmations, which are the five principles behind Reiki energy healing. Just for today, I release angry thoughts and feelings. Just for today, I release thoughts of worry. Just for today, I'm grateful for my many blessings. Just for today, I practice expanding my consciousness. Just for today, I'm gentle with all beings, including myself. Amazing, amazing job, everyone. Ooh, pat yourself on the back. Thanks for doing your mind and body a service, for participating in that exercise. Do either of y'all want to share your reactions or experience with that? Or if you've done things like that in the past? That was so nice. Thank you for leading that, Addie. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, I don't know, every time I do an exercise like this, I feel like there's always, no matter how accepting I am, there's like that part of my brain that's like, just get back to like what you were doing or like, you know, like go back to going, going, going. Um, Mm -hmm. And it always kind of takes me a minute to just like actually let go. Um, But then getting to that point is really nice. And like, I always feel very restored afterwards. Um, So I guess just want to offer some encouragement to folks who maybe are feeling a little more skeptical of this type of practice. Like, I really think it's one of those things where no matter how you feel about it as long as you're able to accept it enough to do it and like go through those steps it can really just like have a very like physical calming effect yeah Yeah. oh go ahead yeah I was just gonna add well thank you for doing that that was super nice and yeah for me I often like when I meditate do it before bed because when I actually do like give into it how Otzi's talking about I'm like so sleepy so Mm -hmm. if I do it during the day I'm like now I need a nap and I rarely have time for all of that um but I would recommend this person named Michael Seeley on YouTube they're all free and I'm like picky about the voice of the guided meditation Um, it's just like, if I am annoyed by the voice, I'm so irked the whole time. And yeah. he has just like, his voice is just like very soothing, at least to me. Um, so I frequently listen to this man's voice while I'm falling asleep. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And also on TikTok, there's incredible distance Reiki practitioners that do live Like, there's this incredible woman I follow, Purple Faye. She's a queer woman in Florida, and she does, like, three hours of Reiki healing every evening. And you can just kind of have that on in the background, and it it really helps recenter your vibes, too, in a passive way where you don't even need to necessarily be paying attention. It's more like you just need to be open and receiving of that energy. And also, just going off of one thing Ozzy said is, like, I think when our minds go to the task list of our lives, you know, sometimes for me, that's even more of an indicator of like, okay, I really need this grounding because if I'm feeling that frantic about these things I need to do, like, it's not that serious, bro. You know what I mean? Like, 
I feel like the universe is constantly guiding us to be like, remember what's actually important. (laughs) And all of our unlearning, which we're going to get into a lot of that, but all of our unlearning um, really is because we live in a society that has told us the opposite of that, right? Like it's all based on the Protestant work ethic or whatever fucking, what is his name? Marx Weber or whatever, Matt. I don't remember. Max Weber, I think. Max Weber, yeah. Yeah. Um, We're, we're, anytime your brain goes. Wait, did you say Mark Weber? I did. Mark's Mark's on the brain. I'm constantly, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry, that just, no, I was like, wait, what was that? I I definitely had a, a, a nice little leftist slip there. Um, but exactly marxian slip uh if you feel yourself going to the task list be like what the fuck i'm an anti-capitalist what is that that's making me do that because that's not it that's not the vibe and you're gonna get to it you're gonna get to it i promise all right cool so moving right along uh last time last episode brain hacks part one We talked about the four main happy chemicals in your brain. So as a refresher, those are dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And we may touch on them again, but we wanted to share some more of our favorite tips and tricks for changing our mindset. And perhaps you find yourself circling the drain or ruminating on a particular thought, which A... Don't judge yourself for. It's very natural and is something that happens to us all. But you are not your thoughts. And saying something over and over in our minds is not actually helpful. Unless it's like a positive affirming thing to, to make our brains remember something. So let's reconnect with ourselves and each other so that we can live the beautiful lives that we deserve. Yeah. So before we get into some specific examples um, on on today's installment of Words Mean Things with Zoe, I wanted to talk a little bit about the difference between self-care and self-soothing. And to be clear, these both are or like can be good. Um, Some self-soothing practices might not like technically quote unquote be like good for you, but I'm certainly not here to shame that. Um, I have plenty of my own, but they do look differently. And if you hear people that are like treating yourself isn't self-care or that kind of thing, while those people are honestly usually so annoying, um, they are technically correct um, depending on like the treat. Because it's self-soothing, that doesn't mean it isn't valuable. So in a nutshell, self-care is like longer-term ways to manage stress, anxiety, and mood, while self-soothing is more immediate ways to alleviate distress in the moment. Personally, I think having a list of your favorite self-soothing activities to turn to during or after stressful situations can be really helpful to like remind yourself what is going to soothe you in the immediate time, because sometimes when you're really activated, it's like hard to think of like what to do. Um, and being able to self-soothe also helps with maintaining more self-care routines. Like if you're feeling, you know, a little better, a little more capable of doing other things, you can kind of put a routine into place more easily. So for example, like the mindfulness exercise that Adelaide did 
um, is self-soothing because it provides relief in the moment. But if you did mindfulness daily or regularly, that's then part of your wellness routine. And then it becomes self-care as well. And we'll be covering things that fall into both categories. Um, and kind of as I described, like not all self-soothing if you do it daily is self-care. Um, like for me, one of my biggest self-soothing practices is watching movies and TV. And arguably, although I do this um, pretty much daily and sometimes all day if I have time, it does not in fact count as self-care technically. But I still highly recommend it because it feels good. And a lot of more like distraction kind of techniques will fall under self-soothing, but that's also often a great brain hack when you can't stop thinking about stressors in your life and want an escape in that moment. So it's not to say that, you know, self-soothing is like not as valuable or um, not as like good or anything like that. They're just different things. Absolutely. And I think like no matter how far you get on your healing journey, there will be things that activate you. There will be things that trigger you. And I think any healers or people who, you know, for lack of a better term for this genre of stuff, like who do self-help work and self-help guidance, any of them who have hard and fast rules about anything, I think you should be very wary of. So like... If someone's like, mm, which like I get this because I, I have this issue. So sometimes, particularly if we watch something that's like drama based or fear based, which like is tough because I love both of those categories, you can pick up those feelings in yourself. So you can carry that fear into your daily life and it might manifest in other ways or you can carry that drama. However, that doesn't mean, again, like Zoe said, that it doesn't have value and that it doesn't have its own place. I think sometimes you can maybe tell when your mind is in need of a comedy or your mind is in need of something else. Um, and I think... Anytime your brain is in that place of like, ah, of like screaming at you because you're basically like in this heightened state, um, having something that will take your brain out of it is good. So regardless of if that's a drama or scary thing, like know that it may make you feel a certain way because of the way that that energy is exchanging with you, but that still might be a step up from that state of panic that you were in. So just kind of, again, knowing yourself, seeing what works for you, seeing what isn't actually working for you, um, and kind of playing with what those things are for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I was just talking to someone about this because a lot of times when I'm really sad is when I watch true crime because <laughs> I get it's so distracting because I get like so invested. Like it's like fascinating, but in like obviously a very dark way. Right. Um, But then I have like friends who are also into it and then like end up discussing, which makes me feel better because I really like to like talk to other people about like things I'm watching. Mm -hmm. Um. So is true crime what I would recommend if you're not feeling well inside? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
for me, it's just like one of the more like intense distractors. Like, like I love comedy, and sometimes I'm like, this isn't distracting enough because I mm. my brain is able to still think of uh, enough other things. Yeah, no, I have a dear friend who feels the same and she has to kind of like throw herself into like the scariest or the most dramatic type thing to to really like get her brain out of that space. And I'm like, I have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is so big that love that for you. Exactly. It takes a lot. This is also why I like reality TV as a distraction, because I feel like it's very, I mean, it's very dramatic. It's like the whole point of it is that it's very over the top and kind of like low stakes. Right. Like, I feel like (laughs) it's like the biggest possible emotions with the lowest possible stakes. And then that's like, that can be very cathartic because if you're feeling one of those emotions, kind of like seeing it acted out in this huge way or like. I don't know, getting to see someone else having a much stronger emotional reaction sometimes. I feel like it's just helpful to break your brain out of whatever it's focusing on in that moment. Yeah, agreed. Reality's a big one for me, too. Love the big drama. Absolutely. (laughs) And I know this is one that doesn't seem as appealing because obviously when we're in that state, our brains feel tired. But one of the quickest ways to get yourself out of that like panic state is to switch your brain into like receptivity learning mode. And in terms of watching things, documentaries and... Um, yeah, true crime documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, you know, like anything documentaries uh but yes no true crime too obviously but i just mean i do also get into um i love scam documentaries love that for you (laughs) the documentaries i watch are like this man walked through a forest for 30 days by himself and here's what happened or whatever i mean like that's well that's kind of a fake example recommendations well i would watch that documentary (laughs) I've gotten to a place where I literally use YouTube all the time where I'm like, I want to watch what's going on in a Nordic fishing town island and just like watch the sunset as these little boats are going by and wonder what it would be like to live in Norway (laughs) as a fisherman. Um, Beautiful. But again, that's not for everyone, but I am working on compiling a YouTube playlist of a bunch of those types of things that I can share once I have that so that if people want, um, you know, just a random playlist of beautiful or interesting things that might help your brain, particularly if you live in a cold and cloudy place like Buffalo, like Sometimes I just need to look at a screen that's like a field of flowers with the sun shining because it releases though it helps release those, you know, happy chemicals that the sun and outside can release, even if you aren't able to have access to going outside at that time. Okay, something else I've gotten really into watching that's so random on tiktok is rug cleaning videos where they just deep clean carpets and it's so soothing wow that sounds so satisfying yeah it is because then they like flip them over and you see like all this like dirt and shit that came out of it and do the back oh my god watch them (laughs) 
<laughs> I, love I really love I love TikTok for this in general, actually, because like I feel like you can kind of go into like a rabbit hole. I really like there's this like I don't know subgenre of like people doing weird things with like that uh foam stuff that's used in flower displays, um, or like making slime is also another oh level. yeah. Fred just did something terrible. Uh making slime <laughs> no. is also another similar one. Uh, where you can just kind of watch someone doing like kind of like a science experiment or just like you know an in-depth like physical tactile activity that even if you don't have access to that thing it can just be very comforting and like mentally satisfying to watch oh absolutely and so many creators on tiktok go live and if you're feeling really isolated or alone and you just go into a live room it literally feels like you're hanging out with another person and like community and often like the algorithms already sending you people who you're like aligned with or whatever. Um, and I know it might feel like daunting or strange if you've never gone into those, but I've spent a lot of my time in them now and it's, it's really nice to see people in real time and know that like in this present moment, like we're doing this together. We're in this shared like internet space together. Just like we all are right now. <laughs> okay, so some more tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. Tips, tips, and tricks. Um, real ones, no. Uh, one of the ways that I uh, think cultivates true self-care practices, like Zoe mentioned, is to have daily or weekly rituals that you do just for you to bring yourself back into alignment with your authentic truth. And I just want to have a caveat here. If you are neurospicy like myself, daily is with an asterisk. Anything for people who have ADHD in particular, but also autism spectrum, having a rigid timetable actually sometimes ends up hurting us more than helping us. I think having the intention of it being a daily ritual and if it ends up being five days a week or whatever, like that's great. Um, so just know I'm saying daily with like a grain of salt, knowing that sometimes we cannot. Um, and again, I understand that it seems daunting to have a daily ritual in this way. You probably already feel overloaded and bombarded with your life. But honestly, that's just more of an indicator that something like this is needed in your life. So I want to try to give some examples that may help you access this no matter what's going on in your life. Firstly, uh, rituals are done best first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Like Zoe said, when they meditate, they do it at night. A lot of people do it that way. Um, because when you enter into meditation, you enter into a theta state. And this state also happens when we first wake up. It's kind of that state between wakefulness and dreaming. And um, it relates to our subconscious mind, which is so much a part of what needs to shift so that we can have these major paradigm shifts in our conscious mind. Um, 
The theta state in general is associated with really great benefits, so increased creativity, stress reduction, restfulness, and contentment. And again, you can access that, like if you meditate in the middle of the day, of course. Um, it's just easier to access at the first thing in the morning and before you go to bed. So here are some examples that I have done um, that have really helped me. Um, I'm sure there are many others. There's obviously infinite possibilities of how you can go about this. So one thing is when you first wake up while you're still laying in bed, think about all the things you're grateful for. At least seven, like Think of seven things you're grateful for. It could be small or big things you're grateful for. But gratitude helps our minds feel the abundance and beauty around us. It helps us get out of a space of lack mentality of like, oh, I don't have this. And which is, for many of us, a cause of our suffering. So starting the day with intentional gratitude and generally practicing gratitude throughout your day, even when you feel like you're in the depths of darkness, is extremely beneficial. Um, another idea is when you have your cup of morning coffee or tea, take a minute to hold it in your hands, feel the warmth radiating into your hands, and just look out the window or sit outside. This can truly be for 60 seconds, but taking that time to look around at the sky and the scenes around you, even if you're, you know, wherever you are, it doesn't matter if you're in a city or if you're in a rural space, taking in what the environment around you is like. Is the sun shining? Are there birds coming um, through? Uh, do you see a feral cat on your street? If you live on my street, you absolutely do. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's going to help ground you. That's going to help bring you into this sense of like, okay, cool. I've greeted the day with intention. I'm ready for whatever is going to come my way today. And we definitely talked about this a lot on the last episode, but going outside uh, this obviously can be at any point in the day. It does not need to be first thing or last thing. Um, but even if it's just to go around your block or to go literally stand outside for 60 seconds, just taking a moment to be in the elements, it helps connect you to the seasons. It helps connect you to the literal four elements. Um, and that will inherently help ground you yeah also if you have a dog or you're considering getting a dog that was something that was really helpful for me because I love going on walks but there are times that I'm so unmotivated which is still the case but my dog will not allow me to be unmotivated right right <laughs> to take her out um but it's really nice that I have to like force myself to take breaks to like go on walks a few times a day um even when it's zero degrees out and that is the sign of true love but yeah, I think if 
it's something you've been considering that it can be really helpful to have that. And of course, dogs are good for so many reasons. You can check out our pets episode for more on that. Well, yeah. And on our last episode, we talked a lot about how when you pet a pet, it releases oxytocin, the same thing as like holding a baby. So, um, you know, just being connected to the sentient creatures around us is, is, is a good thing. So true. My dog also cuddles in my bed every night and cuddling releases oxytocin. Like this girl, she's earned her, her emotional support status. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I also want to suggest pulling a daily tarot card. So if you have a tarot deck, like even if you're not someone who considers yourself like a tarot practitioner, not using your decks regularly in a more like drawn out reading type of way, like, you know, a little freaks like me. But um, if you have a deck, uh, sleep with it near your bed. And when you wake up, shuffle the deck thinking in your mind that you want to receive guidance for your day and pull one card, just one. See how it resonates with you. Place the card on your dresser or an altar or somewhere that you will see it throughout your day um, so that you can come back to this lesson or guidance for your day throughout the day as well. There's definitely longer or more in-depth rituals you can integrate into your practice if you feel called. Um, I love coinciding larger rituals with the full moon and the new moon. So every two weeks, um, kind of doing research on what that new moon or what that full moon has in store for us there's a lot of articles about like things to think about and um as per usual i will shout out the chani chani app i keep hearing her say her name and it's chani it's not chani uh the chani app and uh because they have ritual suggestions for each week for whatever astrological transits are going on. They have rituals, they have altar suggestions, they have affirmations, um, and they have specific guidance for your rising sign as well. So if you're kind of like, I don't even know where to start, um, I, I definitely recommend them. They're a great, great tool to help integrate this. But... Um, I want to share a specific kind of longer ritual that I think has been absolutely game changing for me um, and has actually like shifted me, I think, into a literal new reality for myself. Um, And I know that sounds probably bananas to people who like maybe have no idea what I'm talking about, but um, I want to talk about journaling. I know I talked about this uh, on our Spiritualism in the Left episode, but I think setting a timer, say 30 minutes, you know, uh, or whatever feels accessible to you. If you don't need to limit yourself, don't. Um, But set a timer for 30 minutes on your phone. 
and journal to these specific prompts. So, what are your wildest dreams? Like, truly think about if you could have the exact life you wanted, what would it look like? What would you be doing? Who are the people you would be surrounding yourself with? What would your days look like? Be as detailed as you can. Then what's stopping you from living your wildest dreams? Think about what is holding you back. What limiting beliefs or constraints do you feel that are stopping you from living in that existence? Then how can you take steps to pursue and prioritize your happiness so that you can live the life you've dreamed of? So this is a combination of kind of looking at those things that may be limiting you identifying them, and figuring out a way to dissolve them. And again, focusing on what your actual wildest dreams are, a lot of us don't spend time thinking about that. And when you can actually identify and look at what you actually want for yourself, it allows you the opportunity to make steps towards it. And then finally, How would you feel if all your dreams came true? And just kind of journal about that and marinate in that space. And I think that taking time to do that will really help align you with what you should be doing to fulfill your happiness. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about my journaling practices which are different but I'm also someone who I can't just like journal unprompted so I have this um CBT journal it's called the anti-anxiety notebook I really like it it like walks you through these like prompts which I'll kind of explain in a minute um and there's also like you know mental health quotes um from like therapists and there's like free pages to write on as well it's not like all the prompted stuff so Just like a quick rundown of CBT, if anyone's not familiar, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. There's a lot of mixed feelings about it. I'm not really here to say one way or another. Like there are ways it's used problematically. There are ways it's used that are beneficial. I just like this journal. Um, But the basic principle is that you have thoughts, behaviors, and emotions. And it's usually kind of drawn in like a cycle with arrows between those three things. And so that it becomes a cycle, right? That you have certain feelings that lead to certain thoughts that lead to certain behaviors, et cetera, et cetera. And the idea with CBT is that if you can address the thoughts and reframe them, that that can help you change the behaviors and emotions that are unpleasant for you. And so with the journal, what it walks you through is um, it's pretty much something that you turn to when there's like a specific trigger or an event that happened or something that you want to like focus on. Um, And you write down what happened and then it walks you through, there's like a feelings wheel. It walks you through like naming specific feelings and how heightened they are, 
um, looking at different kinds of thought distortions and figuring out what's present for you and then like reframing it. And so like my reframing is almost always that I write affirmations that are like, you are a perfect angel and not really like that but I often refer into affirmations of myself like I'm like oh yeah this person it's their loss (laughs) if they want to treat you that way blah 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 that's just me you can refer them however you want um so yeah I like to do that and then I often similar to what Adelaide was saying I often then will do like a three card or something kind of short tarot reading and then do that there's like a blank page between each prompted page and so then I'll do that on like the free page um and those are kind of like the two ways I like to prompt myself into like exploring my thoughts feelings and behaviors in more depth hell yeah yeah I love that um I have been doing like daily writing for 15 minutes a day recently and that's been a really good like manageable amount but also something that feels like kind of a extended period of time to focus on something um and I currently just um like choose prompts for the day based on sort of like a list that I have um for like my personal writing practice but um I think like choosing them from a therapist or like another kind of mental health workbook you're using is also a great idea um I wanted to talk a little bit about some like community care practices because I feel like that is so central to self-care um and i think like zoe mentioned earlier with getting a dog like sometimes we just do not feel like doing the things that will actually make us feel better and having people in your life that can either just check in with you like that sort of know what like struggles you're dealing with that can help support you um but also like having people in your life that you've like agreed to do things with I think is also a good way to just kind of like get yourself out of that kind of like not feeling like you can take a step to change your mental health mindset um and I think this is like I don't know it's like you don't want to go too far with it with making yourself do something you're not actually feeling ready to do but I think for me like one of my depression symptoms is like it makes me really not want to spend time with people when one of the only things that will make me feel better is spending time with people. And so it's kind of just one of those things where like, I have to get my brain out of that, like just trick myself into doing it. Um, And having like, you know, a friend or an obligation or like someone that I've committed to do something with makes it a lot more likely that I actually will sort of like get out and do something. Um, So I wanted to talk about just some like, I guess, general ways that this can look in daily life. Um, If you're having a moment of, like, feeling very low, very anxious, like, whatever um, the sort of specific mental health stuff that you're dealing with is, um, I think one thing that can be great is, like, go to a show, a performance, a talk, like, whatever kind of event your people will be at. Um, Like, you know, obviously, if you're not really into, like, super loud settings maybe don't go to a concert but like the thing where you feel like there will be people um that might share your interests where you kind of like feel in community with other folks attending that event um that can be a really nice way to just sort of like get out of your body and for me especially if it's like you know a loud uh show or you know some kind of like 
something that involves maybe dancing, for example, uh, that can also be a really good way to just like get um, into your physical body and like out of the brain spiral that you may be in. Um, another thing that I think can be really helpful is calling a friend. Um, it's really important to call, like don't text. Um, I think there's just really something about like hearing a friend's voice and having that like immediate response um, that can really, for me, just like break me out of kind of like negative thought patterns. Um, obviously communicating with your friends in other ways is also great, but I think like there's something very specific about like calling or even like a, a Zoom or Skype, uh, like video call type of thing um, can also be great. Um, I also think like whatever you can do to sort of get into your neighborhood, find out what's going on in your area. Um, this could look like just like going for a walk on your street, see what's up in like, you know, the local parks, um, other community spaces in your life, which could be like the public library, um, maybe like if you're in school, uh, like a university library at your school, um, any kind of like public space, like parks, beaches, uh, community gardens, if they're open, um, even just like the coffee shop where the local gays hang out, um, I think can be a great, just like, just somewhere where you're going to be around other people that you don't have, um, you know, like a deep emotional connection with. Um, and I feel like this is one of those like really important things to all of our mental health that unfortunately has gotten like, well, much harder to access with many things about late capitalism, but also harder to access specifically in the pandemic <laughs> reality that we are now in. Um, and especially if you live somewhere where it's cold and it's hard to kind of like do outdoor stuff um, that can be, you know, it's it's like, I think a lot of spaces also closed, like a lot of my favorite community gathering spaces have closed um, because of not being able to afford to stay open. So those are all challenges. But I think um, for me, that just sort of reminds me like even more why it's so important to have these spaces and you know, if there's not a space like this that is feeling fulfilling for you, that might be a sign that, like, you should try starting, like, a writing group or a crafting club or something that can allow you to sort of seek out that community in a more, like, regular, ongoing way. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to tack on here that this incredible intuitive healer that I follow um, made a suggestion uh, that if you're going into a coffee shop or something where you're not going to be there very long, but there are people in that space, um, leave your phone in your car or your apartment or put it in your pocket on silent or do not disturb. And when you're in the coffee shop, look around and gently take a moment to just send some loving energy to the people in that space. Um, that's a really fast way to A, keep you really grounded in the space so that you're not dissociative. You know, like if you ordered your coffee and then you immediately went to your phone to like doom scroll or whatever. But it will also literally draw people to you. I have experienced this firsthand and it's pretty wild. Um, because I think 
when your energy is open to both giving and receiving like loving exchanges that has um, an impact on the space. So I know that's kind of a funky way of engaging and so it may not be for you, but I just wanted to share. Yeah, no, I love that idea. Um, I think that this also can be a really good thing to do like if you're going for a walk or something. Um, Recently I've been trying to just like I I go for walks a lot but I often like I'm listening to music or a podcast or whatever um and I just have been trying out like going for a walk with like nothing like not listening to anything just kind of like being present um in the world and in my neighborhood um and that has been a really lovely practice for me to like have as, as something that I can go back to um I also just wanted to throw out a plug for getting involved with local organizing, um, I think, or really, really any sort of organizing in like your kind of immediate life, like your work life or um, whatever it is, but something that is like kind of immediate and personal to you. Um, I think, you know, getting together with other people who are invested in changing something for the better is one of the most uh, depression curing things that I have done. Um, and yeah, I guess just more generally in terms of like building up, I guess kind of like the, the longer term, like self-care versus self-soothing part of this is like cultivating these relationships in your life so that you have the community around you, like when you're in a moment of crisis so that it's not just like when you're feeling like shit that you're reaching out to people. Um, or trying to kind of like figure out what, like where you can seek this kind of support. Um, I think like one, I guess just like sort of piece of advice I have around that is to focus on the relationships in your life that make you feel the most grounded and yourself and try not to spend as much time or even like just mental focus and energy on relationships that you're not feeling like excited, happy, fulfilled about. Um, And obviously this isn't always possible for various reasons. Like, you know, I'm sure we all have or have had bosses or coworkers who are very stressful to us, who we simply can't just choose to disengage with because we have to make a living. But I think like as a general principle in terms of your personal life, um, it has just been a good thing for me to keep in mind um, because I am someone who can get very overwhelmed by like social obligations and like feeling like I have a lot of people to keep in touch with um and like feeling like I'm failing at doing that up to some made-up standard um but I think for me like just focusing on like building the connections that feel fulfilling rather than spending time worrying about ones that don't um has been a very helpful kind of like switch for me to make that I'm like moving towards what feels good and not worrying as much about things that like feel bad or just like neutral like aren't really particularly um a fulfilling part of my life um and I think one thing like for me this means is just kind of like uh reaching out to friends immediately like the moment that I think of them like if I see something that makes me think of them um because I am someone who will just very easily like forget um I think like the way that my brain works, if I don't sort of like reach out right when I'm thinking of it, I may not do it. And then it starts to feel like 
this thing that's building up like, oh, no, I haven't talked to so-and-so in like a week. Like now it's been two weeks uh, and it's like it just gets bigger and bigger. Whereas if I just sort of do it when the mood strikes, that feels a lot more doable to me. Um, so, yeah, that's just something I found useful personally. But I think in general, um, yeah, cult- cultivating the relationships that are feeling good for you right now is a really good way to make sure that you will have some support when you're going through a tough time. Totally. Yeah. Um, kind of switching gears. It's not because I think you all smell. I've never smelled you. Um, this isn't, uh, you know auditory platform, but you should consider taking hot baths and showers. So these are things that reduce stress and anxiety um, for for a few reasons. So hot water releases oxytocin, which as Adelaide mentioned, we talked about on part one, but just in very brief terms, it's one of the hormones that makes your brain feel happy. And a lot of people also feel drawn to shower after stressful experiences or after traumatic events because it feels like you're kind of cleansing that off your body and washing it away. Um, Like without even being super conscious of it, that's like one of the first things people often Mm -hmm. do after experiencing those sorts of things. Um, And also the hot water relieves tension in your muscles. So that helps relax your body at the same time. Um, I like to like, I'll have a plan where I'm like, I'm just going to like take a nice bath or shower, put on the comfiest clothes, and then watch something problematic in my brain. Hell yeah. <laughs> problematic. Who? Not not a thing here. But yeah, um, you know, I just want to add to what Zoe's saying. Uh, if you wanted to supercharge that experience, if you're a spiritual little freak like me, um, which I know means this will not be for everyone, but you can ask the spirit of the water element to cleanse your body and mind of anything that is no longer serving you. Um, I've started doing this before I take showers or baths. I like start the water running and I literally am just like, hey, spirit of the water like please cleanse myself um and i think and i do that again before i drink water too and it's definitely helped me uh in addition to that sweet sweet oxytocin that zoe mentioned yeah and then something else i wanted to talk about because it's been kind of like in the background of other things we've talked about but we haven't really you know, named it is the vagus nerve. And that's spelled V-A-G-U-S, not like Vegas, like Las Vegas. Um, You know, some of us didn't know that. So (laughs) no, it's just, anyway, it sounds the same. So going to explain how it works. um, Essentially, the vagus nerve runs through your nervous system, like near where your spine is. And those are where the main nerves of your parasympathetic nervous system are. And so your sympathetic nervous system is like the fight or flight response that I'm sure folks are familiar with. Parasympathetic is bringing your body into, you know, a calm, regulated state. And so the vagus nerve system controls the specific body functions um, such as digestion, heart rate, immune system, um, like stress response, of course. And so tapping into the vagus nerve is the only way that we can actually like touch that system because otherwise it's entirely involuntarily involuntary which it still is but this is a way to you know kind of work with it so 
Yeah, as I said, it's like along your spine, kind of like down through where like your lungs and um, belly are. And so some ways to simulate it is breathing, especially if you breathe, um, take deep breaths, but make sure you breathe like all the way out, um, doing like a long exhale. Singing, if like you love belting out songs in the car and that makes you feel happy, that's like probably why, um, or at least part of it. It's also just fun. And laughing, because that gets those big like deep, like belly breath laughs, which stimulate the nerve. So. Yeah, those are all ways that you can help bring your body back into your uh, sympathetic state. Absolutely. Yeah, and things like yawning. Like, it's like there are these, like, random kind of unconscious resets that help you tap back into that. Um, I definitely recommend looking into it because once I figured out what the hell the vagus nerve was, it was literally (laughs) life-changing. I met this um, person at a bar. I don't know why this is so funny to me. I met this person at a bar with like some friends. We were like doing karaoke and it was like, I was with other friends who work in mental health and the person we met like did not, but they were just like, oh my God, so you know about the nerve? And they just wanted to like talk to us about the vagus nerve in this bar. Um, So now that you know what it is, you can even make friends. So like back to what Adley was saying, when you're in a space, just like think about the vagus nerve, give out vagus nerve vibes (laughs) and you'll make friends. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah, one other thing I wanted to mention um, is just more generally like ways to connect with your physical body. We talked a little bit about like going for a walk, um, things like taking a bath, I think are also like very um, good ways to sort of get back into your body. Um, But I think really anything that forces you to focus on sort of like the physicality of your body as opposed to um, like your inner thoughts can be helpful in kind of resetting your mental state. Um, Exercise is obviously a great one that we talked about on our last um, episode, any kind of physical movement, dancing, Um, I think also, like, games, like, play, like, child's play um, is also a really great way to access this. Um, If you have kids in your life, this can also be a really great way to bond with them, um, since, like, a lot of adults don't really engage with play on the same level as kids do. I think it's, like, often a good way to, like, connect with them on the level that they're more, like, naturally at. Um, Also, like, even just playing with a pet, like for me, playing with my cat um, is like a very important kind of daily centering ritual where it's like, I don't know, just like this different sort of communication or like mode of interaction that we're able to share. Um, I think also things like we talked about uh, taking a bath, but like swimming, like floating in water, um, feeling your body floating, or even just like laying on the ground in nature. Um, I feel like I heard recently about this thing that I think people call grounding, which is basically just like walking around barefoot, but um, like outdoors. But I think in general, just like anything that can sort of directly connect you to the earth, like especially Mm -hmm. in nature, um, Mm -hmm. can be very restorative. Um, And then, of course, we talked about this on the last episode as well. But I think like masturbation like taking some time for yourself to like explore your body um can also be a good way to do this um 
And I think also even sex, if it's with like a very trusted partner, like someone that you really feel like you can be yourself with, um, you just don't want it to be, you know, with someone that you're feeling like a little more uncomfortable with, because then that can also like trigger other mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. So um, don't want that to backfire. But yeah, those are just like a few ideas about um, things that you can try if you kind of need to get like into that physicality of your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. All perfect ideas. And we should go back to Toby Pond and float in some water together. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just want to tack on there also self-massage. If you're a person who has chronic pain like I do, um, get yourself like a nice oil. You know, it doesn't have to be expensive or fancy, but I like more unscented Oils could be grapeseed, could be coconut, whatever. Um, and by unscented, I mean like it's a base oil. It, it doesn't have like the added fragrant fragrances, but obviously oil is derived from things sometimes that have like a slight scent. So that's not what I'm really meaning. But um, take some time, adorn yourself with some oil, and just like gently massage areas of your body that are feeling funky. Um, I think your body will feel a lot of gratitude for it. And finally, uh, we just wanted to close out with, again, I know we've talked about this a lot, but these, because it's a buzzword or whatever, but affirmations. And for me, affirmations are a critical part of A, manifesting, which we've talked about on the spirituality and the left. And if we want to manifest the collective future that we all deserve and want, like this is a part of that. And I think it also helps change your internal voice from a critical one to a loving one, which again, helps you just have a better day today. You know, if the things inside your head, if you screw up with something and you're normally like, oh, I'm such a fucking idiot or whatever it is, like, no, none of that. We're canceling that. We're canceling (laughs) that. And, you know, take the moment to laugh at yourself. Laugh at yourself. Be like, oh, that was silly. Or like, let's do this again. Like, it'll be better next time or whatever the hell, you know? If you're feeling stuck on something, if you're feeling quote unquote lazy, which like laziness is a colonial and white supremacist ideal. Absolutely. Um, but are you speaking to yourself from a place of judgment or are you speaking to yourself from a place of love? I promise you the place of love is going to be the one that serves you. And love can also tell you the areas that you do need to shift, right? But like coming from a place of love about yourself and all of the elements that make you the beautiful human that you are. Um, So there are several apps out there that give you various affirmations throughout the day. And you can choose the areas of your life that you're feeling like you need a little bit more support or motivation in. Um, I would Google affirmation apps just to see what one looks best to you and calls to you based on your needs. Um, Because there are a lot out there. And... This way, it doesn't have to be something that you create and come up with yourself. 
you will get to a place where coming up with your own flows effortlessly and unconsciously. But to start, it's really nice to have some AI like tell you nice things throughout the day. Like if we're getting push notifications for other things, we might as well get one that's like giving us some positive vibes throughout our day. And I have mine set to like 10 a day. And um, I often find that when it sends me something, it's like kind of exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. So just being open to that. And again, using the technology that people have built so that we can make things easier for ourselves, right? Because we do have all these things that come with living in a society that make it harder to do. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Well, speaking of apps that can tell you nice little things throughout the day, we'd like (laughs) to tell you nice little things throughout the day. And you can hear from us. Um, If you head to patreon.com slash season of the bitch, you can join our Discord, which I think is an app. Uh, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Season of the Bee. Those are definitely apps. (laughs) Um, And rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us right now. Uh, Tell us about your self-care practices or tell us what nice little things you'd like to hear from us. Yeah. Amazing. Love you. Bye. 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 (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha